Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 210. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers sell more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, TractorZoom delivering insights. TractorZoom is a great place to find all the things that are going on in the auction. And like, unlike last week, where Aaron wasn't paying attention when I tossed it to him, he's on now. Caught it! <laughs> there it is. Woo! There he is. There's some hands, baby. I like it. So, Tight in. If you were going to go and really kind of dive into what's going on in the auction market, where would you go look? Without a doubt, Tractor Zoom Iron Collins. Where the hell else would you go? He's paying attention this week, folks. So Aaron and I are here again to talk about what's going on in the marketplace. And once a month, we get a, we get a little little report that uh, gets compiled of what's out there in the marketplace so we can keep track of what's going on. And like the auction marketplace, uh, the retail marketplace is just as important. That way you know kind of what's happening, what that looks like, and how all these things go. So Aaron and I thought that once a month would be a great time for us to sit down and just kind of give a quote-unquote state of the uh, used equipment marketplace. And that's what we're going to do this week. So I don't know which Aaron had that idea, but that's pretty good. Yeah, it was a good one. Because this one just tags along. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's just a pretty face. That's all he is. There you go. <laughs> so, I am here for looks. <laughs> so we've got we've got this uh, this report that we get. And we kind of take a look at it and it breaks it out into the major major lines of equipment that are out there. So we have combines, sprayers, uh, row crop tractors, well tractors in general, but you know row crop tractors, four wheel drives, and also planters is another thing that we track as well. So we keep track of what's out there based on um, the the, the listing sites like Tractor House, Junior Pete, those kind of places. So, Aaron, before we get too far into that, what's your so far where we're at this far in April or April, March, going into April, and as we look at what you know, kind of coming out of February, what that this, this kind of juncture in time looks, this really pre-planting um, hubbub that we've got going on here. What's your thoughts on the marketplace right now, and and how do you see things developing? Well. March has been some madness, <laughs> but we're ready to march into April. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, just stupid red hot. Yeah, everything. Yep. Even combines sold a lot of combines yeah. this month, Shocking. which we're getting there. You know, we're a month and a half from 
go time right in certain areas depending yep. on if there's still wheat alive right exactly but that's the one thing about combines too that i've that i've noticed is that and of course you know sometimes your your memory is a little a little fuzzy but i don't remember this time last depending year on the time of day that we well that's true too <laughs> i don't remember this time of day at this time of year last year where that we were selling the level of used combine, or at least the interest in used combines that we have now, and not not just late model, low art stuff, but the whole entire spectrum. Right. That's the that's the big differentiator. Last year, of course, we had guys that were looking at low hour you know, one two year old combines, those kind of things. But we also didn't have the guy that was looking at, well, I want to take my my sixty series combine, and now I want to get that that late model S or that early model S, or right? Whatever, you know, you're starting to see more of that now than you've seen in the past, and. Quite frankly, it's a, it's kind of the market is driving that. I mean, obviously, I mean we're looking at seven dollar or seven dollars, five dollars seventy cent corn. I was, I was going to back, I was going back about six years, seven yeah. years there. Park the DeLorean. <laughs> but as you look, as you look at what's going on, the the idea that more guys are looking at upgrading their equipment, but they're not looking at taking that big, just jumping in head first. They're looking at okay, I've got. I feel comfortable here. I'm going to go. I'm going to do that. Right. Right. And dare I say, the combine market running down the track it's supposed to, which is what we're talking about. Right. The 60 guy, the 70 guy, he's not jumping to new. He's not jumping to S7. Yeah. He's jumping to late S6. Yeah. Which has been the, no, usually late because they don't want 12s, 13s, 14s. They already got. Well, they're looking at 15s and 16s. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Well, they started in 12 and ended in 17. Are you talking about the 70 guy going up to the... I'm talking about a 60 series or 70 series guy. He's not jumping to new. He's not jumping to S7. He's jumping to the last, okay, 15, 16, 17, the last three years, second half of the S600 series. 670, 680. I'm tracking. I just had to keep on the same thing. And that's what... The market has needed since 2012. Oh, exactly. But what we ran into, well, let me rewind that. That's what the market's needed since 2010. Right. Now, what that does is when everybody jumped to new and then they stopped. Right. They stopped buying. Then there's been a trickle. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a flow, but a very steady trickle of those. 12s and 13s coming in and getting switched for 15s, 17s, that kind of thing gradually. Yep. And it's been gradual enough to be in them right, to dump them right. on down the line, right? Yep. That was a necessity to try and fix the everybody go buy a new combine in two years thing. Right. And it's kind of worked. Because we flushed that out, they are not in America, mm-hmm. and now sixty seventy guy, mm-hmm. either that's a cherry twelve thirteen fourteen a sub thousand sep combine, right. yep. or it's a fifteen sixteen seventeen. Yep, he's using the special programs. He's using low interest fifty rates. cents of equity that he has. Mm-hmm. He's yeah low interest rates uh, parts programs service programs all of that and boom he just jumped 
it's a great jump for him, and it's a good jump for us because he jumped to the combines. Those three years of combines are what I would call the hardest ones to sell right now. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless they're sub-1,000 SEP and they're cheap, right? which is kind of rare because to keep new sales moving and getting 15, 17s, it's really hard to get those right and sell that bazillion dollar new combine. Right. So you had to put what, I, let's just call it appropriate <laughs> numbers in it to get the new sale, which I'm not gonna say it's f- gonna fix the combine market, but it's really going to stretch a lot of kinks out. Yeah, no, I think I think we see more of that transition to the to that What's the word I'm looking for? We're, we're looking for that that transition into that more of a of the standard trade cycle that we saw, right? Which we haven't had for we a have, decade. Haven't had for a decade. decade. We have yeah. had no standard trade cycle. Well, it was it was every year. To <laughs> yeah, it was it was every. Well, year. we started this one and drove it out of the <laughs> shed. Can we order a new six seventy? <laughs> it was that one, and then that transition into a lot of guys. In that five-year period between thirteen and and eighteen, pretty much, and even into nineteen, that went from trading every year to not trading for like five years, and then then they started trading every other every two years or something like that into the cycle we're seeing now. the The one thing about that, and I would say that's pretty much true across the board, whether you had tractors, sprayers combines planters i mean a lot of that same transitionary period that we saw took place so i think for why i'm setting that on the bus is that this is the best chance and the best movement in the user equipment marketplace that we've seen in easily seven years and i know i'm really going out on a on a limb out there by myself when i say that but you are i'm really i'm really toying with with those things but i think this is a great opportunity to not only get guys in the new equipment, but also clean up the used equipment marketplace as a whole and, and kind of get that that slug of equipment that's out there right now to get it knocked down enough to where that's not such an issue anymore. It's not that giant you know clog in the funnel of, of used equipment. It's We're starting to see that get slowly nibbled down. And the international marketplace too. I mean, that's another one too. You start looking at the international markets, more and more... Eastern European, I mean, you've been selling stuff in China. Yeah, quite you know, a bit. The, the the guys in Africa are coming to the table. I mean, so it's it's definitely one of those things where you've got uh, there's just a lot of markets opening up that are cleaning out a lot of stuff that we've had a hard time pushing down the line. So right now, the used equipment marketplace is as strong as it's ever been. Agreed. Absolutely. All right, so let's jump. No, mate. Well, in that seven years, not ever. Well, yeah, in in a long time, let's right. put it that way. Right, very scientific term. Used, used. I would give it. I would say a decade for used. Oh yeah, late model used is is that is the. It has not been what it is now, mm-hmm. like it was. Two thousand and six, two thousand seven. Yeah, pre pre twenty ten. Yeah, pre twenty ten. Yep. Now, what's cool about that is, it's what'd you say, five seventy? 
Five forty, whatever you said. The price of corn earlier. Oh, Say yeah. five and a half. That's five a round number. That's good. Five and a half yeah. is late model, low hour. Yeah. Seven is oh my god, we got to spend all this cash, so let's go buy all new shit. Right. So let's keep her at five and a half. <laughs> yeah. 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 But here's here. You know what the biggest problem is in combines? It's this. Okay. If you would, and I don't care what color it is. I think if you want the word tractor right now, it's next year. Oh yeah. Regardless of what company, what color, what model, it's right. next year. Right. However, I know regardless of what color, you can order all the damn combines you want. Yeah. So why don't we, everybody, regardless of color, stop making combines for a year, double tractor production, two problems fixed. I don't think it's so much. Remember when Chevy didn't make the Corvette and it was either 82 or 83? Yeah. There will never be one. We could have, like, there will never be a 2022 9250 or a S790 or a S, what is it, an S98 Gleaner? Oh, yeah. Or a 8800 Lexion. There will be none. That's true. Yeah. That's 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 a point there. Now I think I, I think when you look at, at those things, there's there's different different demand though in number. I mean, just look at the sheer volume of tractors that get produced to to track. You want to double that production. I mean, I don't know that you'd be doing yourself any favors if you did that. Yeah, because you're not building combines. I don't build rotary hose. Then I don't care. Just don't build combines. <laughs> I think I think there's a spot for all that. I think it's important to have. Have that that market flow of equipment because you're you're trading one problem for another if you do it that way. So what what problem are you creating? Too many tractors? Too many of whatever you double up on? Certainly, think about it. If you if you there's there's a there everything has a tipping point somewhere. No, I I know that and I get that everything right. is that way. It yeah. Doesn't matter if it's Mountain Dew, Copenhagen, or eight R's. Right. Okay, doesn't matter. I get that. But a tractor problem is pretty damn easy to fix. Not, not if you don't have enough buyers for them. It is. I promise you. Give me all your tractor problems. I welcome them. I don't know, man. If you think about over time, there's been plenty of tractor problems out there that we've had to fight through that were just as devastating and, and as hard as... Well, if the numbers are wrong, everything's a problem. But, I mean, but okay, I'm so saying even with the best numbers possible on a combine... You'll always have a combine problem because you have harvest. Eight combines here, 12 combines there, 10 combines here, six combines there, 15 combines there. Yeah. One guy. I just listed five guys and like 50 combines. Yeah. No, not, I don't, I'm not going to disagree with that. But those, those same, the internet, the, the, the custom cutter business of combines is not more than. It's not like it's half of the combine market that gets produced. No, I know that. I know that. And there's dealers that have no clue what that is. For us dealers in the Great Plains, it's right in front of your face every day. All but also, and it doesn't matter if you're in Canada or if you're in South Texas. We all deal with it because that's the run. Well, exactly. But some guys (laughs) buy in the middle. That's us. Or they're from here. That's us. Kansas, Oklahoma, Tejas, the Dakotas, Montana. Colorado, mm-hmm. yeah. So those combines also find their way to the guy that that is a more well-established mid 
level farmer. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I, of the custom cutter combines that we have, that we deal with, and the guys that we work with that we have those, how many of those combines do we have year over year that we have, like, their entire lift of combines sitting out them? No, I, I know. I know. I get that. And without harvesters, there there's no combine business, you know. I mean, some years, right. you know, for, for our dealership, it, it's a dramatically different number, okay? And a lot of and a lot of us dealers in up and down the trail, right? That's what I'm getting at. I'm not saying those guys are a problem for the industry whatsoever. I adore them and their business, and the companies obviously do. But what I'm getting at is, you have you don't if you have that in tractors, it's a lot easier to take 50 tractors from five guys and find 50 guys than it is 50 combines from five guys and find 50 guys. But I still think you're running the same issue of... How many combines do most farms have? Most. One. One. Yeah. How many tractors do they have? Well, it depends a on... A hell of a lot more than one. But that, that's, that's, that, that argument then is now you're starting to cut hairs with that argument. How? Okay, so now you've got, you got a, you got a, you got a high horsepower something for... 370. Tillage or whatever it might be, right? 570. Well, most farms that we have, most guys that we work with in our area, I mean, how many, very few of them have one tractor. Nobody has one tractor. That's my point. Open no, Skies Farms has three tractors. But they're all varying horsepower size, of, uh, varying right. horsepower size and range. So do the guys. <clears throat> I'm not, when I say those 50 tractors, they're not all 370s. Right. Nobody has all of one model. Nobody. Right. I shouldn't say nobody. Hardly anybody. Okay, so you have more to take that versus those fifty combines are two model numbers. Those tractors are going to be three twenty, three forty five, three seventy. Those three for sure. Four twenties, four seventies, six one fifty five. So yeah, six, so the six point, the point I'm making to you so is so you go out and you ramp up production, and you go out and build all these extra tractors. Which ones are you building? Six, seven, eight. I'm talking on, on the tractors. Which ones are you building? Six thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand. But which ones, though? Whoever ordered them. That's the point I'm making to you. Is that it, there is there is it is not okay. Not just tractors aren't just some kind of global thing. I mean, you have okay. various horsepower ratings. I mean, what hap- what works in Washington isn't going to necessarily work in Washington, Nebraska. There is no Washington, Nebraska. There's Washington no, County, no. Washington State, right? And up there is not necessarily going to work. What works there may not work here. I get that. I get that. Here's what I'm saying. Okay. But what? Okay. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Red, green, yellow send out their deal. Not building combines. We're going to ramp up tractor production. Orders are open. Okay. That's what they build. Whatever is ordered. If everybody jumps on and builds a bunch of four wheel drives, okay. You rotor guys are going to the four wheel drive plant. Okay, everybody jumps on and builds, orders a bazillion eight row crop tractors, large frame row crop tractors, Magnums, 8Rs, mm-hmm. Fent. <laughs> i have to send the guys from the chopper factory to Fent <laughs> so they can speak the language. But a bunch of guys order eights, large row crops. Okay. Okay. You guys that do the grain tank and rear axle and cab, you guys are going to the eight plant. 
the rest of you guys are going to the sixes or planters or hay or whatever. That's what they build is what is ordered. Well, I mean, I, I, I get that. They're not going to send all the combine guys to the to Waterloo. I, They're I not going to send all the combine guys to. Where are the six M's made? Manheim. Manheim. Yeah, how could I forget that? Man, it's Manheim tractor. Yeah. Send them guys to Manheim. I mean, it is what it is. You just send them what's ordered. Right. And we have a bunch of new tractors out here, and then, okay, say they pile up. Give a little bit of program. Commodities are still good. Go flush those out. Get some low hour used. So how's that? That's what you're saying. You're going to create the problem after you sell all the extra new? So what you just rambled off about how you're going to create these programs to do this, that, and everything, how's that any different than what we're doing with combines? The combine is the most homogenous thing that we can sell. Real quick, what the hell does homogenous mean? It's the most common thing that we can sell because there's no, I mean, with the exception of just a, a handful of things, right? Oh, like variable stream rotor. Yeah, I mean, just a handful of things. A combine is going to go from farm to farm to farm to farm, and it's going to do whatever you need it to do, right? It's going to go out and pick corn, cut wheat, pick, you know, cut beans, whatever it is that you're going to go do. That combine is going to go do that. Yeah. Whereas if you have a tractor, there's about a million different things you that each one of those tractors are going to have to different do. Tire size is a big deal on tractors, right? Depending on what you're doing and where you're at, that tire size could the the eight three seventy R that we got sitting out here with four eighty rubber on it, and you send it to wherever West Florida, right? And they've got it. They need eight hundred metrics on the front and the rear of that. All of a sudden, that tractor is is totally unusable in Florida because it's the cost the the cost of changing those tires out submarines that whole entire deal unless you call axon, axon tire, tire. Yeah. axon tire yeah so but the point that I'm making to you is that the combine problem is not necessarily a necessarily a problem because we have we have all these combines laying around the problem with combines is when it's like any other thing right yeah you move more tractors when commodity prices are lower because makes more sense to update my tractor here and there, get the loader tractor that I've been waiting on, or this, that, the other thing. But but typically combine, in most operations, right, that I've been around in my time doing this, is that they have a, when they're not trading every year, but they have like either a two, a three, or a five-year trade cycle. For the most part that I've been around, of what I've seen happen. Right. right? Now, a tractor might have a one-year trade cycle. It might have a seven-year trade cycle, but there's always a need to either add a tractor to the, to the I got more acres now, so I need an extra whatever, and I got to pull it with this other tractor, right? I've grown, or this, that other thing. You pick up an extra section or extra section, extra quarter of of ground, you may not need to, to get another combine. Right. You still you have just enough. But if you pick up another quarter you might need to pick up another tractor and a tillage piece. Right. You still have, you don't maybe need another planter because of that, but just to have an efficiency, mm-hmm. you're now going to need one more tractor. So you just tractor. gave an example of how extra tractors isn't a problem, extra combine would be. And not necessarily. But you're no. saying the opposite. It's, it's, what I'm telling you is that, that a, a combine, if you have combines, excess combines in the marketplace, it is the most common thing that we can spread across the entire North American marketplace that has very little effect on on the, the spec of the machine is to some, don't get me wrong, is, some, is going to dry that. Trying to use a 
non-side hill combine in the steep mountain, steep hillsides of, of Washington and Oregon, it obviously isn't going to work. You're going to roll down the hill, right? But but if you or you're throwing all out the back, <laughs> something battle happen. No matter what. <laughs> but but there again, that's a very niched thing in a very niche part of the world. What I'm making the point is is that to me, I think a combine is the easiest conversation to have with anybody anywhere because not necessarily tire size or this, that, or the other thing. If you have taken out the extremes like rice and, and steep side hills, right? But you take out those extremes and just the simple corn and bean world, a combine is the easiest conversation to have with somebody. Okay. Now, in full disclosure, mm-hmm. I deal with them bastards all day, every day. Right. So... I have a little bit different take on it. I would love to see some tractor problems. We had tractor problems in about in 2013, 14 with, with four-wheel drives. Oh, yeah. Four-wheel drive tractors piled up. We four-wheel like, drives do do fell four off wheel drives? the face of the earth, yeah. You know what I mean? And there for a minute, we did have, there was a high horsepower row crop tractor issue coming out of 12 into 13 into 14. And it wasn't like it was gumdrops and candy canes. No, I'm not on. saying that, but they're easier to deal with. You a problem is a problem. I'm not saying it's not a problem, but right. it's easier to deal with than we have 200 combines. Also remember. Which, by the way, we have 68. That's good. That's really, that's a good spot. That's phenomenal. So the thing about that tractor thing that you have to think about is that, yeah, we had we had – or the combine thing, the tractor deal that we had, that situation, there were a fair amount of four-wheel drive tractors that got sold at auction in 2014, 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right on with all those planters. There was a fair amount of 30 <laughs> series thirty series tractors that got sold in 13, 14, 15 at auction, right? I mean, there, there, was, there was a problem there. We had yeah, too I, much. Do, I do remember 30 series tractors being like, God bless, they're just piling up. Yep. Because they were too expensive for the guy who wanted them, right? But they weren't eight hours for the guys who wanted them, right? I yeah. do remember that. So there's, I mean, <laughs> sure, there is no current thirty series problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking like there's a delicate balance in in this entire ecosystem that we call the used equipment marketplace. I get it, I get it. I'm I'm and I'm not saying a problem is not a problem. We had planner problems, and that's worse than combine problems, right? Way well, worse, yeah. Common problems are planners are too damn specific. That's why. Yeah. Oh well, take all that stuff off because I'm going to put something different on and credit me half the price. Be like, uh, no, it's all used. So, www.bigiron.com. Right. Yeah. Get rid of it. But that's that's the issue. That's what you have to pay attention to. Those are the things that there's so many so many tractor buyers, so many combine buyers. Combine buyers, the combine problem, I think, is the, the one that stands out the most to everybody because it's a constant battle that we fight. It's a constant battle, and it's a lot of dollars. Yeah, it is. It really is. Now, for all the combines that we, quote-unquote, take a bath on, there's a lot of them out there that we, that we make a lot of good money on. So, I mean, it's not like there's some kind of... I mean, combine things, we joke, we, point, we point, you know, poke fun at them, what have you, but the combine marketplace is as fickle as everything else is. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. Just, if not worse. Yeah. I'd say it's worse. Uh-huh. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's the Tom Brady of farm equipment. 
everybody has to talk about it. It's always going to be time. there. And it's, always, it's never going anywhere, obviously. I'm right? waiting for some 780s to win some rings, though. <laughs> Damn, man. Right on. All right. So the, or, some, or some 2012 some 2012 680s with spreaders. I'm waiting yeah. for a ring from one of them. Yep. All right. But here's the numbers. Okay. So right now there are 11,000 as of the 1st of March. So take this with, with the grain of salt. We're... Where right now it's the 19th of March. So as of the 1st of March, there's 11,756 combines listed out there on uh, the retail marketplace. And that number kind of bounces around. So the thing about the combine number is that you'll see it bounce around, fluctuate anywhere between 200 and 500 combines a month, right? You see it kind of go all over wet place. So if you look back at the 1st of November of 2020, which would I would it was kind of the low 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 water mark for the year, um, and it typically is year in and year out. There were ten thousand seven hundred and sixty six. So we've increased the the volume of combines on the marketplace by about a thousand, which makes sense because we've been selling this time of the year is typically when we have the the highest inventory of anything because trades all trades show are up. starting to show up right so that's that's when we're starting to get that that look right now so basically from january to march you start seeing the biggest influx of equipment and you see that same influx again between may through august right because that's when that that's when that spring that that fall kind of late summer and the may through august especially for wheat country mm-hmm. Is the most devastating psycho- psychologically. Oh yeah, because you flush a bunch for wheat and then they all come right back. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. you sell a bunch and yep. you change your dollar position. Yep, but your numbers are the same damn number. Yep, that is exactly right. All right, so out there right now, uh, as far as sprayers go, um, there are three thousand two hundred thirty-five. Again, that number stays pretty consistent. It fluctuates plus or minus. I would say two to three hundred units a month, depending on what we see happening. Um, for example, last month we are down about one hundred and fifty units across the board. And then, if you take a look back again in that same November time frame, um, which for sprayers was uh, pretty close to that low low water mark, October, uh, September, October were just a tick lower than what you see there. But for the most part. You know, we had 37.23 in the market, so really we haven't increased the marketplace. We actually decreased the marketplace by about 500 units. So there's there's some good movement there. For the longest time, sprayers were a big issue that we had across the board. I mean, it was just a hard time getting those things to move. Large frames. <clears throat> Large frame, especially, yeah. Look at the floater market right now. Um, the floater market, there's 715 out there. That number really has not changed since uh, since November. It's been... 687 to 715 so you're like plus or minus 30 machines how many big a's no no big a's out there Damn it. i mean there might be a big a or two in that mix but i don't i don't think there's that many um 175 horsepower and greater tractors right now uh there are um 12,189 of them out there and if you go back to uh now this just shows you how hot the tractor market is if you go back to uh november which was the low water mark for the year. There were 14,350 in, um, actually, I'm sorry, take that back. There's 14,250 in November, and right now we're sitting at um, 12,189. So we're almost down 2,500 machines, 2,200 machines from, from that time frame. 
So you think about the number that we've been selling out. And, and the is that all been, tractors? All tractors. All tractors. That's, well, it's 175 horsepower. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's row crop. That's all your, that's all your big row crop tractors. Right. For Four-wheel drives, those kind of things. Now, if you go down to like row crop heads, for example, and you take a look at that, uh, right now there's 5,927 out there. If you go back to uh, this November, there was 3,472. So, again, another big run in, in row crop heads. So, guys, obviously this might be an easy way to predict what the uh, what the acres uh, acreage report's going to look like because obviously <laughs> a lot of new corn heads. A lot, a lot of corn heads have been have been gobbled up here. So if you go if you take a look at that number, you know, you're looking at 30 2500 almost 3000 combine or row crop heads being being picked up in that time frame. Planters right now there are 3913 out there back in Back in November, there were three three ninety five, three thousand three hundred ninety five out there. So <clears throat> that's that's pretty much the same. There's about four hundred more on there. Um, I take that back. I'm sorry. There's fifty one ninety six in November. So yeah, the planter numbers are down as well. So you're looking at um, year over year somewhere in the neighborhood of two or yeah, about about eleven hundred eleven hundred planters off the marketplace. So it's going. It's a uh, it's creeping down there too. Forge harvesters. Last week we did a big thing on forge harvesters. There's 1181 out there in March, and back in November there were 1135. So we've actually increased that by about about 50. But again, you know that's just again the time of year when you start seeing a lot of used ones start hitting the marketplace. Right. Yep. So that are that's the numbers uh, for this month as far as what that looks like. So as you can see directionally. Um, everything there's there's way less of everything out there than there was. So, um, except corn heads, except corn heads and combines are, are up a little bit higher. So, oh, imagine that. But again, the dip you can go back and follow it, and the dip it actually didn't start climbing again until last month. So, a lot of new ones getting sold, a lot of tradings coming in, a lot of older combines now the other thing we also check too is that what that hour what that hour looks like hour range looks like so uh what we have as far as tractors go if you go back and look at where we are for 300 plus horsepower tractors um again you know the biggest bulk of of the machines are still in that um that same range that we've looked at you know that the the, tw- the 2000 to roughly 4000 hour range same thing we've been seeing all all this time that we've been paying attention to this. Same level of stuff there. The the raw row crop tractors that one seventy five um, and greater range. Um, that that bulge is kind of gone now. If you look at every every line segment there from from zero to three hundred hours all the way up to eight thousand plus, it's plus or minus a few. You know, it's, there's not much there, so it's pretty much. If you do, a, if you were to do a line graph or a bar graph across here with this, it'd be pretty flat. The trend line would show pretty much a, a decrease in, in value or number of machines across. Combines again, same issue we've been seeing for a long time. That thousand to um, two thousand twenty five hundred engine hour machine is where the bulk of those machines are. And those are that that twelve, thirteen, fourteen model stuff that we've been talking about here for a long time. 
sprayers. Sprayers are the only machine out there, the only machine segment out there where the front end of the of the hour spectrum is the heaviest, and that's where you want it to be at. Right. All right. That zero to a thousand is where the most machines are conjugated right now. So um, that's actually a good sign. Which that would make sense because there's a lot of sprayers that spray a lot yeah. of acres. Forge harvesters are the same. They're pretty, pretty well the same across the board. So. Right now, I think by the numbers and the graphs that we're looking at here, for the most part, I, I can easily say that the uh, user equipment marketplace is as good and as healthy as it's ever been. How many did you, on your graph there, how many of the over 300 tractors are under 200 hours? Let's see. Do you have that? Under how many? Under 300 hours? Yeah. In the... That would be... There's just in green. 332. No, over 300, sir. You're in 175 to 299. Oh, that's that's 300 horsepower. That's what that one is. Oh, that is yeah. 300. Okay. Yeah, so there's there in that in that segment total industry-wide everything listed out there there's 417. Right on. Okay. 17 compared to on the flip side of that. No, I take that back. I was I got this backwards. Yeah, that is that's yeah. the three hundred. Yeah. There's forty one green yeah. ones. There's seventy three out there total. Of all three hundred plus horsepower machines, under three hundred, three hundred dollars or less, there's only seventy three listed. There's probably two sitting on lots. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the other one that first one that I rambled off through that four hundred and seventeen under three hundred horsepower or less. Or three hundred horsepower. Three hundred hours or less. There's only 417 across the entire spectrum. So that kind of gives you an idea where the market's at. It's very tight. So if you're looking at something and you feel like you've got yourself what you're looking for, you're going to need to start pulling triggers because obviously the market's not going to not going to be there for long. So anything else you want to add to that, Aaron? Man, I can't really think. All right. What's the, uh, the most waited for thing on the Moving Iron Podcast, without a doubt? I mean, I... When, when we sign off, well, that that part that's part of it. <laughs> the other thing too is the Aaron Finnell deal of the week. And oh, well, let's go with this. This one's already on the Twitterverse, so I'm gonna Word. I'm gonna be a lazy ass cheater right now. That's fine. Sometimes what we have win. today, speaking of combines. Oh, cool. We have a high-capacity, low-price machine. Oh, nice. Look at a that. 14, imagine that, 690 with 1,860 set hours. Oh, nice. Duels, manual bin, long auger, spreader. It is the perfect high plains corn wheat with a shellborn header combine. Oh, nice. Very nice machine. Low-rate financing on it. Um yeah, all the things a 690 would have also, five-speed feeder, pro-drive, extended wear, premium cab, and all of that can be yours for 119.5. Get out of here. Woo! 119.5? 119.5 for a 690. God bless America. I know it. That's a, that's a hell of a deal. You save all that money buying that combine mm-hmm. so you can buy more trucks and more bands. Absolutely. Follow me? I'm tracking. There you go. So Just trying to, to help, folks. If I wanted to get that super sweet deal today, how would I? How would I do that? Well, 
You can call or text me anytime, 308-760-1193, or you can catch me on the Twitterverse at AARonFintel, F-I-N-T-E-L, very active on there, and you can see a lot of other deals I throw out there as well. Um, and you can catch me at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Also, check out movingironllc.com. It's a great place to go check out all the latest information on the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 15th through the 17th, uh, down at the uh, Renaissance Hotel downtown there, and right there about a block off of off of Broadway. Are so we going to have a festival? We could have a festival. At the Renaissance? We had a few of different kinds of festivals. I will bring my jousting gear. Yeah. Well, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> all right. Um, check that out. Get all the information there about the upcoming Moving Iron Summit. A uh, great place to come meet and greet other um, other dealers out there on the on the planet Earth. So if you're interested in doing that, all the information is there. You can contact me at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I can get you all the information that you would like to have. So if you're a dealer, well worth your time to come check it out. Also check out the Dryland Farmer podcast. Brent and Landon are a couple guys that are going to keep you laughing and uh, entertained throughout the day. So check them out. You can find them anywhere. You can find podcasts just like this one. Anywhere that you can find a podcast, you can find the Moving Iron podcast. Even places I don't even know it exists on, so that's shocking to me sometimes where I see these different things pop up. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with my man Aaron Fennell. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Hey, it's Jacqueline Kramowski with the Herdbook Ag Media, giving you your moving iron ag news update. Hope you all had a wonderful St. Patrick's Day this week and are enjoying some milder March weather. I know I sure am here in Ohio. And let's jump right into it with our politics for this week. North Carolina's Michael Reagan was just confirmed by the Senate as the Environmental Protection Agency Administrator by a vote of 66 to 34. Now, Reagan does carry with him the support of several notable agricultural groups on the national level, including the American Farm Bureau. Federation and National Corn Growers. Now, that said, EPA does have a lot on their agenda upcoming in the near future that he will be overseeing, including the renewable fuel standards updates and the overall EPA regulatory strategy under the new Biden administration. And as you know, under the new administration and all the talk about climate action and the role of agriculture in that has had a lot of strain on the agriculture community and groups. So we will see what goes on as Reagan steps into his new role. In other news, the U.S. and the European Union have agreed to a four-month suspension period of tariffs that were imposed on one another, originally set up as punishment for subsidies that had been provided to rival plane makers Airbus and Boeing. And this move does affect billions of dollars worth of goods, including notable agricultural commodities, um, not necessarily commodities, but specialty items such as wine, cheese, and even tractors. This is right after the U.S. recently agreed to suspend tariffs on United Kingdom imports, which also were a result of this dispute. 
According to one article, the U.S. marked this step as a quote-unquote fresh start to U.S. and EU trade relations. And, of course, we cannot talk about international issues without coming back to the shipping container fiasco that has been going on that we have been covering. Over 70 different agriculture associations have given an urgent plea to President Biden to step in on the shipping container crisis, which has been severe against both the United States Ag and forestry industries in terms of exportations, as well as harming some of our international customers. The only way to get out of this is for ocean carriers to return to previous levels of taking containerized exports of the U.S. instead of such a high percentage of empty containers, said Darwin Rader. The Specialty Soya and Grains Alliance, according to an article by the High Plains Journal, he continues... There's a lot of frustration among U.S. exporters, and we have to keep pushing as hard as we can for carriers to treat U.S. exporters fairly to restore the balance of trade. Now, if some of you remember, part of the 2018 Farm Bill included a rule for domestic hemp production to finally close the loop on the whole regulation and structure that was the hemp industry section of agriculture. And officially effective on March 22nd, farmers will now have their final regulations for national production of industrial hemp throughout the United States. This means that the USDA rules will ultimately kind of be the baseline for a unified standard across the different state programs. But of course, there are different states and organizations currently working with the USDA for that final approval in different industrial hemp farming programs. Uh, this is definitely one to watch as 2021 could be a big year for the hemp industry, depending on how it all shakes out. And then here's an interesting one for both the investment and agriculture worlds. The online farmland investment marketplace that is the company Farm Together just recently announced that it has closed the largest single asset crowdfunding farmland investment operation to date, which is a total of $22 million for what's called Galaxy Organic Apple Orchard, which is a an over 200-acre organic redevelopment of a property up in Washington. In a recent article that appeared in Global Ag Investing News, the CEO Arda Milinchik said, As we look ahead to the next five years, our mission will remain the same, to fund the future of sustainable agriculture by removing barriers that have historically prevented farmers from investors, I'm sorry, for accessing this trillion dollar asset class. And it seems like this whole trend of farm investments, especially within the ag, ag tech sector, is continuing to just get big, especially this year. Um, earlier this month, Farmer's Edge, a Canadian agriculture data management platform, uh, launched a long-term partnership with Google Cloud and announced that they had completed their IPO in the Toronto Stock Exchange, raising at 125 million Canadian or about 100 million US dollars in the process. All right, it looks like that should catch y'all up for this here third week in March. Uh, I appreciate your time. This Ag News update was brought to you by the Herdbook Ag Media, serving all your agribusiness writing, communication, and media needs. Be sure to find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or our company website, the-herdbook.com. Let me know you found me here on Moving Iron, and you will get 20% off your first invoice. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. 
Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here